wouldn't be here today if I hadn't made the decisions I did make. Um, so sometimes you've got to be careful to what you want to change. Welcome to another episode of Business on a Beanbag. This week we're joined by Laura. Hello. And the man that needs no introduction, but I'm going to introduce him anyway, Mr. Paul Baker. Hiya. Paul Baker is the owner and founder of Baker's Environmental Solutions, and he's here to talk everything recycling, sustainability, how he started his stories in an interesting professional manner. Always. That's definitely me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us, Paul. It's good to be here. Do you want to delve into a little bit of a brief summary of your story so far, what you do? Tell us the backstory. The backstory. Where do you want me to start? Right from the first time you bought a bin lorry. Okay, all right. Um, So I was working back for a semi-national company called Hales Waste Management, and I was driving there. We called it a trade waste truck, but bin lorry, also known (laughs) as. um, And did that for two and a half years and really loved the job for the best part of 18 months, two years of it, and would never have changed, I say that today. Um, there was nothing I didn't like about it, getting up home early, you know, getting home early. Yeah. Um, didn't have to be away driving a truck, earning really good money, uh, meeting a lot of people every day, making friends, um, and, and, you know, just really having a good time. I actually really liked it. And then one day the manager said, well, you know, we've got to change things. You're uh, you're earning too much money. You're, you're doing really well, but we need to grow our business and, you know, we need to you know, bring another truck on and, and grow the business in the area. And I said, well, that's fair enough. But as I was paid a third basic, a third overtime and a third bonus, I yep. lost that's part of 50% of my pay, which at the time was quite a big jump down when you've built your standard of living up to a, a certain level yeah. when you've yeah. been earning that money. And sure. um, so, you know, he sort of assured me that it would it'd be a short-term thing and, and gave me a little bit of guarantee to help me through. Um, but quite quickly... You know, got very frustrated. You know, mm-hmm. when you're working flat out, twelve hours a day, which you could yeah. in those days. Um, you know, I went to sort of finishing my work a late morning and had nothing to do all afternoon. And you know, it's a you know a big transition to uh, how do you keep yourself motivated to want to do a job? Yeah. Um, gave me a lot of lessons as well, actually, at the mm-hmm. time. So did a lot of complaining, a lot of moaning. <laughs> um, but they wanted me to keep me in there, and uh, they said it would be good. Okay. So then. One day someone said to me, stop moaning and go and do it for yourself. And, um, you know, obviously that was a, a dawning moment from uh, Sean. And um, I sort of then started researching. I thought, oh, yeah, actually I could do this. I could mm-hmm. I could buy a truck and, uh, you know, and I can have another and I can have a go at it. And I just thought, you know, there's always going to be uh, waste and recycling out there. So um, it's an industry to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, previous to working there, I'd, I'd sort of learned all my operational skills in terms of running vehicles yeah um through working in removals for seven years um but yeah i literally then went out and borrowed some money off a, on on my credit card and uh basically spent eight and a half thousand pounds plus about on uh on my first bin lorry wow n455 wav there was the registration it's <laughs> imprinted in the mind yeah, you'll never forget that no no but that's effectively i you know finished you know, June the 30th or, or the end of June and started 1st of July as myself. 
and got all the family together and we just leafleted the whole of uh, Leicestershire, you know, yeah. collections from a pound sort of thing. And nice. the phone started ringing. And wow. So you started with one vehicle and how many has that become? We're, we're now over 60 vehicles um, in, in the fleet um, today. Yeah. Yeah, that's few. pretty good going. That is that is very good that's going. Really good going. So, obviously, Baker's has uh, developed into this huge operation, and as such, as there must have been road bumps along the way. Has there been any sort of standout issues that you've faced through growing Baker's for the size that it's at now? How long do you think we're here for? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's. I think. Um, if you haven't had any bumps in the road in 20 years, then, then genuinely you won't be doing it for 20 mm. years. Yeah, sure. I think the one thing that I've learned massively through um, doing, the, doing the business, you know, there's been, there's a learning every single day. Um, and you've got to take each learning, whether it was good or bad, and, and try and develop that into being a yeah. better person. Um, but there's hundreds, hundreds, thousands. I've made so many mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some things in my team have done you know that we have to learn from and take yeah. on board yeah. um but the bumps some have been hills and mountains but we've always managed to bring ourselves together to get together to get up the mountain yeah. or over the sure. bump and sure. um yeah some huge challenges i can imagine so and when did you when did you stop driving the trucks um it's <sighs> a good question isn't it we had our sort of we had a batch of new vehicles about three years ago, pre-COVID, just pre-COVID, three, four years ago. And that was the first time I looked outside that the trucks arrive and I go, I'm not interested. Really? Um, and that's a bit of a dawning moment that you go, do you know what? You know, you're actually turning now into the person that I want to turn into as more of a leader that's focused upon the bigger picture mm -hmm. rather than the... The kid that likes to get back behind the wheel and go, I'll have a go in that new truck that's yeah. come around the corner. Getting the shiny so, new truck. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, from a from a day-to-day -day purpose, I haven't, I haven't done it for a number of years now, seven or eight years, which when you've got a team around you, the first thing they always say is you're not to go out. You know, that, yeah. that's a bad yeah. sign. Um, so managed to achieve that. How difficult did you find the transition of working in the business to essentially now working on the business so you're no longer a, you know truck driver and doing you're mm. now the person that's kind of you're the leader um i suppose it's always been ingrained in me into me to work and be actively involved and i think that transition is remarkably hard you know much harder for me than it was you know something that i've probably not spoken about or opened up about but something that when one of those transitions that when we moved to our new head office so about six, seven years ago, the commitment then was really to start stepping back and letting the team run the business and start trying to look at the strategy. Yeah. And if I'm truthfully honest with you, I'm probably still trying to achieve that. I'm probably a long way down the line now. Yeah. Um, but it, it, four, four or five really painful years, that, really? that transition. Yeah. Um, some of that might be my doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not funny Laura <laughs> um, so that might be my doing because you don't want to let go or you, mm -hmm. you, you're yeah. still overstepping the mark yeah. and dipping yeah. down underneath and sure. some of that is just people you know the yeah. hardest part of the, any job is people yeah, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, again, lots of bumps, lots of learnings along the way. Um, Do you think you're about there now? That you're being able to rely on the team? I'm closer to it now than I've ever have been. Yeah. Yes. I believe, you know, genuinely. I've I feel like I've wasted a number of years. Um no all on myself more than anyone yeah. for making some either poor decisions. Yeah. Um and learning from it. But no, I, I now genuinely feel I've got a team around me at the top table that I believe in and and I think they believe in me and the business. And how over the years is is your kind of work life balance been? Is that something that you were probably doing? And I'm assuming right at the beginning you were probably doing 12, 14, 16 hour days. Was there a balance? Was there a balance? And is there a balance now? There's no balance. It's all work. Um <laughs> it, it's really tough because you know you are led to believe that you know there there should be a work life balance. But yeah. Yeah. I believe I want to grow a successful business and continue to grow it across all the challenges that we have. You've got to be dedicated and, yeah. and, and working Absolutely. hard at it. You know, I still think that success comes from putting an awful lot of effort in yeah. a lot of time. In. Yeah. Um, I would say my work balance is different to how it used to be. So doing more away from the office um, and a more understanding that the value you bring is with your clients working mm-hmm. with them and your suppliers. Yeah to grow the business in, in, in the strategic way. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in terms of work, it's it's work, 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 work. And, I think it's and hard as well, obviously, out. for me personally, running Altitude, it's my passion as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people say, oh, you need to stop working, you know, you know cut off. But it's I enjoy it. So it's almost yeah. like my hobby yeah. and my passion as well. So it doesn't kind of feel like work to me as such. Um, so that might be where I kind of struggle with the whole work-life balance. Yeah. I yeah. enjoy what I do. There's a piece around burnout though there isn't there so even though you are dedicated to your work and it doesn't necessarily feel like work those burnout phases you might not notice until actually it's not too late but you start to hit a hard barrier is that something you've ever sort of come across where actually i know that Mm. you know for you the balance is tipped towards work and you're sort of okay with that but has there been a point where you think you thought actually i need to i need to step out for a little bit i need a break I think in terms of some of the problems is growing a business with an awful lot of employees is understanding that you might work, that they might not want to. <laughs> yeah. So um, there is having to try and have that balance to respect what other people's view and vision is sure. on the work-life balance. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't do the other things, you know, and, and think differently. You know, I look at work as part of the role is thinking about what we're going to do and how we're going to do and how you view other businesses and how you view your customers and what their perception is. So whilst you might not be physically doing something, you're constantly thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And that comes from passion, purpose, vision. And, it, yeah. and you know, something I believe in and something I never feel that we'll ever find, you know, this, you know, that that's it. We've done it. There'll yeah. always be something to improve something on. Yeah. And that continuous improvement is always from the searching and, and looking and, and, and checking it. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy it. You know, I think yeah. it's a real, pur- you know, purposeful job and, you know, something, uh, you know, still wake up every day and thinking this is going to be a challenge, but I'm up mm-hmm. for it. So is that still like your main driver? Do you know, after 20 years now, what still, what still drives you to want to do what you're doing? Um, I love, I love working. I love the job. Um, arguably I'm probably love the problems because otherwise I wouldn't <laughs> keep doing it. Um, you know, I'm still striving 
for me and the business to be better every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always believe that tomorrow can be a better day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I genuinely believe that, you know, part of my purpose now is to encourage and allow people to be even better within Baker's yeah. um, and, and the organization to, for them to be better. Yeah. My success is their success effectively. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've got to, you know, trying to transform my approach and my leadership style to empower them to be successful. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would have done differently over the last 20 or so years? <laughs> this is one of those questions that everybody asks, and it's probably one of the hardest to answer. But Probably his hair or his dress sense, maybe. <laughs> you might have gone about them differently over the years. Um, <laughs> there's lots of things. In hindsight, it's a wonderful thing, it and we all, yeah. we all sit there, and it hindsight's is. brilliant. Um, I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't made the decisions I did make. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you've got to be careful to what you want to change and we don't know what path that then would have taken us down um you know there's lots of things i feel i could have done differently yeah a lot of things but would i change you know i'm still happy with you know the journey that we've been on i'm not happy with some of the bumps and the mountains as mm-hmm. we say mm-hmm. um but that is part of learning part of the journey isn't and, it yeah, yeah. you know would i be the person i am today without those learnings and would would the business be where it was today or, you know, who knows where it could have been. But mm-hmm. no, I think it would be wrong to regret. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that's always the wrong path to go down. Absolutely. But, you know, I do think, um, you know, do think hindsight's a wonderful thing, mm-hmm. but no, it would be, it'd be wrong for me to say is anything I'd fundamentally yeah. change. There's lots of things I would change. Yeah. Yeah. Hindsight, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, no, I think, I think it's a journey that you know it's still got a lot of legs in it yeah still gonna go on a on a way and i don't want, want to change too much <laughs> i mean with with the change in obviously how the world sees kind of waste and recycling mm. and everything now there's been a lot happening has it scared you in any way obviously how fast things have moved you know with the uk circular economy and becoming net zero i know it's one of the pledges that you're trying to do by 2050 yeah does that scare you um does it scare me no it doesn't scare me no i've never been scared um not even when you watched a scary film i try not to watch them <laughs> don't put yourself he's in more, those positions he's more of a disney princess kind of guy <laughs> how on earth have you just said that Laura? <laughs> honestly i've never given you that impression i'm sure i haven't <sighs> but yeah does it does, um, does the journey so, like to what it's now becoming i don't no i think um if you go back to originally when I started, we used to pick up a wheelie bin full of general waste. We used to take it to the tip, the landfill, and got yeah. rid of it. And we would earn our money from the bit in between, the transport, the service yeah. part. You know, for me, I got in at a time when, you know, it really wasn't known about recycling. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a bit of cardboard and a little bit of paper and a little bit of plastic and yeah. glass, but there was nothing really pushed. So for me, the journey of the 20 years is to evolve into a recycling and a resource business and to learn along the way. So in fairness, we've we've just adjusted ourselves as we've gone. Being, a, being an SME, you've been very flexible to be able to adjust like you. I'm sure you yeah. are. As, as, yeah. as, as cultures, as, as trends change, you change very quickly. Yeah. When you're a big cloggermate, you know, you struggle really to, to adjust, you know, a big juggernaut, mm-hmm. you know, how do you turn very quick? So yeah, yeah, for yeah. us, we could really um, just change on a six, on, on, on a sixpence. But what really changed it for me is on, on the glass recycling. One day I got approached, going back 15, 16 years, 
Um, probably about 18, actually. Um, I don't want to think about <laughs> if it you're now. Being honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can show my age. Um, I just got approached one day from a company called Berryman's, they were at the time, they were glass recycling. And they said to me, um, we're pulling out of it. Um, we're pulling out glass recycling. We can't make it work. You know, no one will pay for recycling. I looked at them, I went, well, well, that means I'm going to have to pay more to get rid of the rubbish that they're putting, then going to put in the general. Yeah. Someone's got to pay, whether you're paying general, whether you're paying in recycling. We can't approach this from recycling's free of charge. It's a commitment to the world. It's a commitment mm-hmm. to the country. It's a commitment to what we should be doing as, as human beings to mm-hmm. our environment. Yeah. And that's going back all that way. I was, I was so strongly believed that, you know, we've got to do this and we've got to recycle. Yeah, yeah. All I would say is the legislation as it's changed is just catching up with the attitudes and cultures that yeah. people genuinely do want to recycle. And the legislation arguably is forcing the people who may not want to um, or enforcing it and ensuring that it stays prevalent. Yeah. Um, but I've never genuinely been afraid. Um, there are things that come out we, we, that, you know, in, in, in the waste legislation that you think, crikey, how the hell are we going <laughs> to... But they're all opportunities, and mm-hmm. and it's to convince yourself rather than being afraid. Look at that. Well, what can I do with it? Yeah. yeah. How yeah. how can we diversify? How yeah. can we change? And I genuinely say it that we are challenged. You know, day on day, week yeah. on week, month on month, year on year. Yeah. We've never had a business that has stayed consistent and steady. Yeah. Doing the same thing mm-hmm. month on month. Yeah. Arguably, that would be a dream, but. Probably sit there and wonder what the hell we're going to do next. You might get a little bit bored as well, yeah. <laughs> It's conditioned, isn't you? Yeah. You know, yeah. we're we in an industry that has changed so big in the last 10 years alone, let alone yeah. the 20 years we've been doing it so much. And yeah. so many, you know, it's only recently we've had what uh, the plastic tax just come out. Mm-hmm. We've just had the pops come out where you can't put the settees and so forth into, you know, landfill. So it's literally constant and we're trying to challenge ourselves to learn. Yeah. That, it's a good sorry. way of looking at it, though, that it's an opportunity. It's yeah. not, do you know what I mean? It's not a barrier of any sort. It's yeah. an opportunity to change and be better. But that ability to embrace like that change so openly, like has that always been something on a personal level that you've been able to do, or is it something that you've developed as you've grown alongside the business? Uh, that's a good question. Um, so I'd like to believe it's something that we've always looked at mm. as an opportunity, and I'm sure at times I've gone... This is just unsurmountable. I can't. And that's when your support network around you reminds you that yeah, you can, you know, take a step back, have a look at it and, and think differently. And the one thing I've tended to do now is go away and reflect a lot more before making yeah. a decision yeah. and buy myself a day or two, an hour or two, rather than respond instantly as yeah. I always used to, you know, really keen to get back. Um, you know, you tend to look at things differently and maybe that's maturity, maybe that's experience. I think that's something that I've learned as well, probably more recently, mm-hmm. is that instead of making that snap decision to take sort of, even if it's 24 hours and say, yeah. right, let's look at this from a, try and look at it from a different perspective. Yeah. What could the outcomes be? And then make a decision. Yeah. Um, I think it's quite important. Many times we've, look, we've, we've all had an email or a phone <laughs> call to say this has gone wrong or... Yeah. You know, this is like catastrophic or you've customer that you've really looked after or, you know, we had it once when a, a client went into administration, our single biggest client that we'd worked with for a number of years and really at a time when cash was not good yeah. and, you know, people look at you and going, what are we going to do? And I'm like, <laughs> you've got to put on that face of going, no, it'll be all right, don't worry. Yeah. Let's buy, you know, 
yeah. take your time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm going back. I mean, that was probably over ten years ago, and yeah. uh, thinking back to that then, actually, yeah, that was all about no, hold on, don't worry about it. It's gone thinking. Immediately you go away and you think of a plan. We're, yeah. The word solutions has always been in the title because we're a solution provider. Yeah. Arguably, sometimes that's towards and me and myself. <laughs> you know, every everyone comes, you know, to you and, and yeah. you know, whether yeah. it's a client, whether it's a supplier, whether it's a, an employee or a problem, you're expected to provide a solution. Sure. And it's the same approach, really. Mm. So just touching back on some of the sort of recycling and sustainability things you mentioned a minute ago, has that always been something that you have believed in? Is it something that, you know, has come up over time has, you know, as Bakers has grown, obviously sustainability is becoming increasingly more important to our environment, to the world that we live in. Is it something that you've always wanted to support or is it something that's come as a, I guess, a, another aspect of the growth, I guess? Um, so I suppose if you go back to when we're children, was it around in those days and mm -hmm. where we need yeah. to think about it? <laughs> it was so when I was a child. <laughs> What are you trying to say? Because a little bit older. <laughs> I need to change the cream, don't I? <laughs> um, I think, you know, as, as a child, I don't believe I was growing up to think about recycling. I don't mm -hmm. think it was taught in schools. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was something that Not was... like it is now. No. 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 So did I believe in it and think about it when I was younger? And I can't say I'd ever, it's ever crossed my mind. Yeah. However, I think it's always been important to look after the planet. Yeah. Um, I believe it's something that has been feeling very strong inside me that's come out of me when we've started to think and go, no, actually, we genuinely do want to be sustainable. Yeah. You know, our waste shouldn't be waste. It's a resource and we should look to reuse it. Mm. We should look to insert it into mm -hmm. a manufacturing process. Um, we should stop producing so much waste, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. in the first place. We're a very wasteful society. So, yeah. you know, for me, it's always been core to my belief that we want to recycle, we want to save things from being disposed of we want to do it in the correct way and the right way um i just don't think it was something that we thought about mm -hmm. I, I still meet people today that you know will tell me oh it's not important you know you know the kids won't do it or these you know but i think this day and age most people now yeah. genuinely believe yeah. in it yeah. yeah and even if the the person i'm dealing with doesn't the people around them genuinely do yeah and the stigma's gone or at least going now where they won't do it. You know, yeah, let's yeah. have a separate cardboard, a separate food bin. Yeah. You know, people are coming around that way. Of going, I actually genuinely know that we'll put it in there. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, you yeah. know, so now it's now moving to the next stage about, well, now what do we do with it? Is it the right product? Yeah. Are you buying the right things in the first yeah. place to put in there? Yeah. Are we getting that yeah. journey right for the material in the first place? And I think that the, the stigma that you mentioned, I think that is, to take that one step further, I think that is starting to actually shift the complete other way around. So, for example, me and my wife went away a couple of weekends ago and we stayed in this nice little barn. It was lovely, but there were no recycling facilities. So the bin was just general waste. Yeah. And that really genuinely angered us Yeah. to a point where we actually you know, approached the landlord and where can we take the recycling? And if we go on a group holiday with our friends or family and things like that, recycling, if it's not an available facility... Yeah it's noticed and it, i think the stigma is more around people that don't separate and use it well it's now it's, it's almost starting to be embedded yeah. yeah into us isn't it that that you should recycle and that this is the implications is if you don't yeah it's becoming embedded in who we are now i think our natural resources are on the way out you know mm -hmm. and there, there are yeah. not a an indefinite supply and you know i genuinely believe that our move towards a greener energy a greener world 
<laughs> is coming. Um, we can't believe that we're insignificant compared to the rest of the world. Whatever we do, if we've got to, we've got to influence the rest of the world to come along on the journey. Um, I, I'm with you on, on on going somewhere and it doesn't have recycling facilities. It's absolutely fascinating yeah. that yeah. some people, and again, that's individuals that are making a decision based on what they think is right for their customer yeah. base or their employee yeah. base, and it fascinates me. It's no different to electric chargers. Mm-hmm. You know, how yeah. many, how many, you know, with an electric car, how many places do you go where they don't have a charger? And you think to yourself, yeah. well, if you did, I'd stay here because yeah. I could charge yeah. my car. Yeah. You know, That's McDonald's it. have been on the front foot with that. Yeah. Um, you know, and now, you know, you find yourself at all these McDonald's now charging <laughs> your car because yeah. they're one step ahead of everyone thinking That's that, it. you know, this is important. But is it is it one step ahead several years late or is this quite a positive move? Mood? Move. Um, well, the most important thing is, is, it's never too late. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got to do a part. Yeah. Um, you know, hindsight, as we spoke about. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Um, <laughs> it's what we do today and what we're going to look to do tomorrow. We can't change what's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think the most important thing is we are coming around to that way of thinking. I think the influence is significantly shifted to people yeah. focus on yeah. things have a value now. Yeah. You know, we look at you know, waste is no longer a word that we should be using. It should be a no. it should be a resource. It's a product. Yeah. We should be doing things with it. So, how is how is Baker's helping with that side? So, you know, part of our rebranding last year was to eradicate the word waste. Something that has been passionate to me over the last sort of four or five years. That you know, with the team around me, we, I was I've always been convinced that we need to shift our focus and thought. And our customers' focus and thought mm-hmm. away from waste. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it's like the word landfill. It's not a word mm-hmm. anyone wants mm-hmm. to talk about. No. We don't want to associate ourselves with it. And and for us, you know, we really wanted to start moving towards a much more environmental, much more sustainable mm-hmm. and, um, environment, you know, and, and, a, and a business where we're focused much more on that. Yeah. Everyone can do more. We can do more. Yeah. Um, but our commitment and purpose will always be to continue down this route of turning waste into a resource making it a value investing in equipment and processes that is going to add value to a product not just get rid of it because one of your things is that um your the waste that you recycle and what you do with it powers over ten thousand homes per year yeah how does that how does that work so you know when we're taking so the journey of waste now can go through several different routes it doesn't it's not a straight to landfill type approach so segregation sorting and then some of the material then we're going to things like anaerobic digestion so the food waste will be collected it'll get heated up turned over the gases will be pulled off power a gas turbine and then we'll produce electricity it's just one route of of how power is now generated through waste Mm. um so I think it's incredible it that it's got to that stage yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah. that we're able to do that. And it's fantastic that obviously bakers are, are doing it and empowering all these homes. And, and like you say, taking it from it being waste and going to landfill into a resource. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. it's fantastic. Wood into biomass, you know, to generate heat and power. It's just a fascinating journey now. I mean, to think back 20 years, could we have predicted this? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should have been here 10 years ago. But, yeah. you know, the fact we are here now... There's an awful lot more going on out there than than we believe. It's just looking. You just look around the roads, the amount of material that is moving mm-hmm. yeah. um, mm-hmm. that we've produced and thrown away yeah. that, you know, is moving across our roads to get to a destination to turn it into something yeah. or power something is just a phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I think a lot of it boils down to education as well, educating people to understand that process um, and, and what it what it's all about. You know, a lot of people just think I just chuck it in the bin. They'd have no idea where that waste goes to or what what comes from it. Mm -hmm. So I think education falls into that a lot. Yeah, one of our first questions to a lot of customers is who, who collects your bin and, and some just will not have any clue. Um, they don't actually register or see it. Um, yeah, but we've got to educate the children yeah. and we've got to ed educate that process. But it's all then got to come through, the, you know, the colleges, the universities mm -hmm. and through parents to educate everyone around them. Maybe it's the perfect start for a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, Bakers <laughs> moves into writing children's books. Hey, stranger things have happened. <laughs> you, you could be uh, an accomplished author this time next yeah. year. <laughs> I'm not sure. Ghostwriter needed. <laughs> Apply here. In in terms of that piece, so um, I think what you've mentioned there like comes quite naturally around to, like community. So a lot of the things that I see from bakers is there's a lot of community driven activities that you you partake in. So there's obviously things like Inside Out that I want you to talk about if you're happy to. Um, but are there any other things that you do do within the community, like with schools and the education sectors, to try to promote these messages that you are so passionate about? Um. So we, we've tried a number of different initiatives over the years. We've taken trucks to schools and tried to encourage them to think about recycling, mm -hmm. trying to address how they approach it. And again, there's the stigma about it's the teachers and their teacher rather than the actual children. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to do some of that education. We, you know, some of our challenges are which part do you focus on and for how long and, and, mm -hmm. and influence, mm -hmm. but... What I would always say is, as as a, as a business based in Leicester for 20 years, as our base, you know, we have an impact on the local community and we have an obligation, I believe, to contribute back to it. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we feel passionately about giving back. We feel passionately about playing our role within a community. Um, you know, we run vehicles. There is an impact on that. We mm -hmm. should be looking to offset that. Sure. About contributing to support that community. Um. So, yeah, we've got a conscience and we mm -hmm. do care and we do want to be part of a community. You know, I think it's not just important for me and the business, it's also important for our employees. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, they feel part of that raising money for charity. They feel part of that litter picking. They feel part of that is their duty and their yeah, yeah. contribution yeah, yeah. to the community. Mm. And sometimes, you know, we're a facilitator of that mm -hmm. for them to be participate in it all. Um, and if we can do part of that as part of our, you know, employment and yeah. part of that contribution, then we should feel good about that. Definitely. You know, I so think that's a good thing. Talking about that, obviously, we we know about the, the Baker's Inside Out Academy. Can you tell us a little bit more about it and how it came about? Um, yeah, but no, no, I'm happy to. Um, so I think going back, um, we've generally always tried to give second chance to, uh, opportunities to people, people who have feel disadvantaged whether that be a disability um whether that be um an illness whether that be someone who's you know from a background that may not have done so well had the best start um so generally when anyone's applied for a job or approached me or contacted me that may have had you know not the best start um you know we've always looked to go well how can we help you know i don't regard myself as someone had the best start in life so we all need a helping hand mm -hmm. you know to yeah. get on yeah and so you know part of that it's not just about the inside out it's a part about in general about a second chance sure about that opportunity yeah. to to offer something back but the inside out academy came from 
we we started doing some work with Stockton Prism um, back five years ago when, um, you know, Rick from the prison contacted me and said, you know, Paul, we're looking for businesses to work with us in in the prison to help prisoners do some work to get them job ready to when they go on the outside. Um, and we'd already looked at recruiting some ex-offenders through um, the council, mm-hmm. through the DWP and locally. And, and again, part of our, you know, offering someone a, a chance, yeah. then why not? Um, if we were in a position where we've got a job and a role mm-hmm. and they apply, they shouldn't be, you know, downgraded or disadvantaged yeah. 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 in any yeah. way. So, sure. you know, that was something that was really passionate to me. And, and I believe the business and, and the rest of our employees, um, when Glenn Parver was a young offender, so we'd, we'd taken in one or two of the, the young lads there and, and given them an opportunity to drive machines and work in the yeah. site. And, and we've got that ability. Why shouldn't we do it? Yeah. So um, Stocking came towards us. Could you do this? And I said, yeah, no problem. You know, what do you want? And I, and I took a visit up there and I was amazed what goes on inside the walls yeah. <laughs> compared to with my perception. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I just remember sitting there and having a cup of tea, and he said, do you want a slice of cake? And there's a guy there sitting there with a big knife in his hand, and I'm going, is this right? And he's going, yeah, of course it is, you know, relax. And, you know, you know these people, you know, yeah. are in, a, in, in an environment where, you know, they're now working towards being trusted and, and okay. yeah. work to go on yeah. the outside. And I was like, yeah, actually, when you think about it, and I think that whole inside the prison is a whole different experience to what mm. our perception is. Yeah. And I don't, and it seems to be a secret society. It's not talked about or, you know, or, or seen. There's no cameras, there's no mm-hmm. videos, really. Yeah. And it's only what we get seen on the telly. And yeah. it's a bit like landfill, really. Is it yeah. really like what yeah. it is? Yeah. The waste? Yeah. Um, so, no, so we started getting some post-manufactured product and we take it in there. And this is product that would probably end up at landfill because it's multi-types of plastics okay. that are mixed together that needs to be sorted. And this was an efficient, cost-effective way of doing it. They said, yeah, that's great, no problem. It's not a commercially advantage. Um, it's something that would be diverted. So it was good for the environment. It got the, some of the prisoners working. Mm-hmm. They then started doing an education background around whammy tab, health and safety, environment. So they were getting qualifications from it all. And they were going to work every day, which right. is a good thing while they're in there. So mm-hmm. we then started branding this to look at it to try and give – people a job on the inside mm-hmm. and then on the outside so it's the inside out academy yeah. give them a journey so help them on the inside get them work ready qualified mm-hmm. and then as they're coming out you know they you know give them the opportunity for an interview you know yeah. with themselves and um, look to try and employ some more and give them that second chance i think that's sort of testament to to you and, and to bakers yeah. because you do see a lot of companies that throw that word passionate about and dedicated and committed to you go on any about page on a website. It's something I talk about yeah. a lot on LinkedIn yeah. and things. And there's sometimes that can be a little bit of lip service. Sometimes it can be a little empty. But to see a company like Bakers and the yeah. size that it is doing these things, these mm-hmm. giving people these opportunities and basically putting their money where their mouth mm-hmm. is in terms of what they believe in, I think uh, I think a lot of people agree this is really really refreshing. Yeah. Um, And it's great to see. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky enough to obviously have the opportunity to go to the prison alongside um, Richard. Um, and see kind of what goes on at this this Inside Out Academy, and it fascinated me. I thought it was an absolutely fantastic kind of initiative, and what was what was happening, um, and it was kind of so refreshing to see. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's really really good. 
Uh-huh. Did it change your view? Did it did 100%. You... Yeah, it really did. Um, you do have that perception of what you see on TV and what people tell you. It's, you know, it's horror, it's this, it's that, the prison. And it was, it was nothing like that at all. Um, and giving them the opportunity and to mm. see how they, they've taken it and the responsibility. Um, not only that part of it, but the fact that you are diverting stuff from landfill and it all comes back to this kind of UK circular economy and everybody yeah. being part of it, I thought was absolutely brilliant. No, and you know, I'm really pleased that that's the experience that you got and what you thought. I've taken a number of people into a prison to show them and trying to introduce them to the opportunity. Yeah. I think, you know, we're at a unique moment where, you know, the employment levels are, you know, really needed, needing people. And, and yeah. I think this is a pool of people that are available yeah. um, that can be work ready with skills yeah. that could plug a gap in the economy. But also, you know, reoffending. Is if it, if it was working, it wouldn't be costing the government eighteen billion a year. Yeah. Um. So we need to do something consistent again for society. Absolutely. Yeah. We yeah. all want to live yeah. in a safe environment. We all want to live next door to someone who we trust and believe yeah. in. We all want to pay less taxes and and, and you know. Or we <laughs> Don't want, we just? We want the money to be used <laughs> yeah. in a much more better way. Yeah. Um. We want to feel that you know the person we're working with is a trusted person. Yeah. And I genuinely feel that these people that we've employed and you know that have, have come out have been more loyal, more wow. trustworthy. Yeah. More committed, and and that second chance is delivered back to mm. us mm. tenfold over yeah. normal recruitment avenues in in general. Um. Which is amazing, really. But it's phenomenal. I think, you know, the, to try and work with the prison network, to try and get them to shout about some of the yeah. good things that are going on, yeah. because it is all doom and gloom and it's yeah. only yeah. ever the bad thing. No, like I say, I heard far, far more about multiple businesses taking part in with the prisons and, and partnering with them and what's being done and things. And I think it's absolutely fantastic. And like you say, when you look at the, um, the re-offending rate kind of dropping because of it, it boils, it all comes down to this contributing to the society mm-hmm. and i think it's great that bakers genuinely do do it they don't just talk about it they don't just say it you are doing it yeah. and visibly doing it spend a lot more time in a prison um, <laughs> for the right reasons um you know but yeah no we we are you know working with over i think nine prisons day to day um and looking to really push the inside out academy um opening up new facilities in the prisons and growing that influence across the network and playing our part in trying to work with the government um, to really encourage a change of approach, of which they are listening. You know, there was a new white paper coming out. There, there might not be, but is there any way that businesses can work with you to obviously go through this kind of Inside Out Academy? Obviously, I know you said that you take certain um, products and that's what goes into the... Yeah. How can businesses get involved in that with you? Um, I think... You know, genuinely, all businesses can get involved. Uh, the one thing the the network needs is more opportunities for the prisoners to then go into work. You know what the what the system needs is is more businesses ready to employ these people, <laughs> um, and and feedback to what they need and want. And I think a great way is to go and have a visit. You know, yeah. I, I'm I'm happy to take people in. I yeah. know the prison tell me that they're happy to engage and connect. Fantastic. It's quite actually a strange thing because most people say to me, well, what do you mean? I just, yeah. I yeah. said, well, come with me and yeah. we'll book you a visit. 100% I would vouch for that. Go and have that visit because it is an eye opener. Yeah. It's, it's really, really good. 
if someone's coming coming out and, and last year of their sentence and you know is a digital marketing expert yeah a good person that's probably made a bad decision yeah um that's passed all the right things would you give them a job laura I would treat them exactly the same way as anybody else would be treated. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. it is looking at kind of the experience, their capabilities. And are they obviously giving some of the opportunities to prove that they are they're loyal, they're trustworthy. Absolutely. But you, um, and that should be, everyone should be considered for that. No matter who you hire, whether they are an ex-offender or not, they still have that period of time where they have to earn that trust. Yeah. And so, like you say, there's so many people that have gone through stages of their lives that have yeah, been given yeah. a bad start or had yeah. a bad start or made that stupidly wrong decision. Yeah. Why shouldn't you be giving these people the opportunity? 100%. You know, you're better to employ someone that you know what's happened. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you're employing people we don't know. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. People on the outside haven't been caught sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. One, one in six <laughs> have a criminal record. Wow, really? really? Is that the... That's, a, that's, that's the a big stat. So, you know, bear in mind, one in six already have a criminal record, worse than a driving offence. Wow. That's the stat. So, you know, being released, that's not everyone, obviously, not everyone's done necessary time behind, um, you know, in prison. But, um, you know, if you really think about it, you know, there's there's a lot of good people made some bad decisions. I'm not saying I'm 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 here to judge whether everyone's good inside, but, you know... Um, I do think there's a lot of opportunity there, and I do yeah. believe we need to offer some support. Yeah. Um, and and not prejudice. Brilliant. Ab- absolutely. I think yeah. that's that's really powerful and really positive, and that sort of brings me on actually nicely to the next question, which is a little bit more business related. <laughs> um, but obviously you've worked with uh, the likes of Leicester City Football Club. He's just peeking over a monitor, so I'm going to ask. Um, so you've worked with some really really sort of big big companies. You've had lots of big opportunities. What has been the standout moment for you in your time at Baker's? You know, is there anything specifically that you've done or the business has accomplished that you are actually exceptionally proud of? Wow. Um, I bet you've not really had time to reflect on no. that, have you? Do you ever stop and reflect? <laughs> so it's funny. I've been asked this question a couple of times, mm. really, and time to reflect on the question there's a couple of ways of looking at it. Clearly, there's a lot of things that we're very proud of as yeah. an organisation, as a business, and as a team that, you know, what we've achieved of the growth, you know, the employment, you know, I'm really proud to employ, you know, over 100 people in the business every day. Yeah. You know, that, that doesn't just employ 100 people, that employs families. Yeah. It's the suppliers that rely on us, you know, the customers that rely on us. So we're really proud of what we've created and in, in the business and the people that are involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, being a Leicester City fan, obviously we're very proud to, you know, have worked with Leicester City for, yeah. you know, over 13, 14 years now. Wow. Um, you know, and that's an achievement. That so you've seen the good, the bad and the ugly there as well, haven't you? We've <laughs> just the ugly. <laughs> we, I tell you what, we've been on a journey there, yeah, you know, and it's been great and it's been fantastic to see and it's been great to be part of that yeah. and to work with them. You know, something that, you know, a lot of people, you know, we're really proud of as an organisation. But, you know, it's not about one individual yeah. company. You mm-hmm. know, there's mm-hmm. lots of companies that we've worked with for many more years yeah. that we're really proud to work with. Um, it's not about the big or the small sure. to, to quantify. Yeah. But in terms of achievements, you know, it's funny. You know, if I explain that every time I have a goal, I, I always set myself a goal or where I want to go. I set that goal. and Every time I achieve it, I don't feel satisfied or achieved. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, yeah. So someone said to me, well, you know, but you're really proud to, um, you know, finally purchase 
you know, a, a business premises of our head office and so forth. And the day we opened was the last day I was really pleased to have done it or proud to have done it. <laughs> I walked around and, you know, the next day I was like, wow, was that it? What's yeah. next? Yeah. You know, and for me, it was always looking forward rather than looking back. Um, I don't doubt that we've done some really great things. Um, and like I say, it's about the people, about what we've created. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe that's something that I'll probably answer in, I don't know, maybe the day before my deathbed. I don't know. <laughs> um, but in a long time, you know, rather yeah. than, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, don't think about it too hard and too sure. long, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, no, and like I say, every time perfectly. I think about it, I genuinely, I feel, no, that's, you're more concerned with what's coming around the corner as a forward looking to, rather than yeah. backward looking. Yeah. But yeah, never. I don't feel satisfied and and yeah. think that that's it ever. Yeah. Do you ever take time to reflect in depth as such? No. Um, <laughs> in terms of what my past or just in in just, general, just, in just general, generally, with, with anything, gone... do you ever? Yeah, yeah, I know. So no, we always, you know, we've. But it's generally down to a certain subject or a, certain, a, a problem that's happening. So, yeah. you know, we talk about how to, you know, marketing and Richard will, me and Richard will talk and I'll go away and have a think about that and think, mm, how do we approach, you know, what's the right approach? So, <laughs> you know, I think we've always got to reflect on what the forward looks like. Yeah. Um, but in depth, I don't know if your definition of in depth. Then my, <laughs> it might vary from yours. Well, yeah. well, mine might be ten minutes. <laughs> you think you're done and you're gone, aren't you? I don't think it's even quite ten minutes. <laughs> well, um, there are some real big decisions that we've made sure. in the past. You know, some. You know, the one thing is uh, an organisation that I do reflect. We've taken some massive gambles, mm -hmm. massive gambles, um, taking on property when we shouldn't have done okay. buying yeah. businesses when we shouldn't. Yeah. You yeah. know, when it was all the best advice around, you said, are you sure you really want to do that? Yeah. You know, people that are much more educated and, and well-adversed to business yeah. than I yeah, am yeah, yeah. and taking on those, those gambles, which, um, you know, a real big thing. Do you things. think that in business though, you can't be in business if you're not prepared to take some risks, can you? I mean, some of it, because none of us have a crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how things are going to go. We sometimes take them gambles and we take them risks on the let's really hope, let's really work hard to, to make sure that the risk was worth taking. I think anyone going into business, it's a gamble in itself, yeah. um, as you say. And, you know, you never know what business is going to come, what business is going to go. Yeah. I think if there wasn't a risk, is it really a business? You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, you've got to think, you know, what are, you know, that's just a job. Yeah. If yeah. you're not got a risk, it's just a job. Yeah. And, um, you know, for me, it, it's a risk every day, uh, you know, and, and, and yeah. we've got to, you know, I suppose be out of your comfort zone is where it happens. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'll forever keep putting myself out of my comfort zone. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's that's part of the challenge. And yeah. the other thing is complacency. You just don't want to get complacent. No. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. In terms of marketing, it's obviously... <laughs> Altitude, obviously, working with makers at the moment. But have there been any um, things that you've done within you know, marketing campaigns and activities and stuff over the past that if, have there been really, success, really successful or really unsuccessful? Any standout points for you with, with how you've marketed bakers over the years? This what I meant to say, Altitude are really great and it's gone really well. <laughs> Obviously, we've well. only been working with you <laughs> yeah. for a set number yeah. of weeks, so I think it's looking historically yeah. at how you've yeah. marketed <clears throat> Have you eat, did you even do any marketing in the past? Was it so the definition of marketing to some people is different yeah. to another? Yeah. yeah. Um, so 
what I would say was really successful, if you go back to the beginning, mm -hmm. I, I picked pink, yellow, green, orange A4 paper. Right. And price-led <laughs> marketing, effectively. Yeah. Did I know it was marketing at the time? I must have done leaflets and thought it was marketing. But the way I launched my business was, you know, I think it was something like 20,000, you know, bits of paper, which probably isn't yeah. very environmentally friendly now <laughs> when you think about it. Um, you know, and then literally got the whole family together and just posted it through yeah. one's letterbox. That's marketing. Was it successful? Well, I'm still here 20 yeah. years later. I was about later. to say, you now employ over hundreds and some yeah. people, so it must have worked. So, you know, I think in that way, yeah. um, what I would say was really successful when I look back um, was the website. I think when I very, very, very first started, mm -hmm. now you're keen to say something about website, aren't you? <laughs> uh, Chomping at the bit. If you go back 20 years, was websites really a thing? Mm. And I remember setting up my business and thinking, looking around, did anyone actually have a website? Is this a thing? Am I, am I a genius? Definitely not to think having a website. Well, but what that really did, you know, going back, I had that website built, I think, by Yell or someone Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah back yeah, in yeah. the day. You know, you're £500, you yeah. get this. And I'll tell you why that got me so much business. Mm -hmm. Because what I didn't appreciate at the time is the people that weren't in Leicester who would, couldn't find you, it's the people outside of Leicester who had work in Leicester could find me. Yeah. And I wouldn't work that no one else was getting because yeah. they needed someone rather than using a national organisation. Okay. Yeah. So at that time, it was revolutionary in my eyes. Yeah. You know, we were streets ahead of our competition. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't long before you could see the competition having websites. Yeah. Um, but traditionally in those days it was the yell and it was a and it was a telephone. Yeah. You know, someone yeah. rang someone. Yeah. You know, even back twenty years ago, we we had it. I can remember it on the side of the truck, and I was really proud of that moment. Um, you know that we we had a website. We had and for me it gave us um, gave us presence. It gave us yeah. A, yeah, a, yeah. a sense of authenticity, a sense yeah. of. Um, you know, when you look back at it, you know, people could value really what you do. They could see a picture of your vehicle. Yeah. They, they go, he actually has a vehicle. Yeah. He's not someone else's <laughs> on a, an office with a telephone organising yeah. it. He physically is going to do yeah. it. Um, so when I look back, you know, I think they were two really successful things. But mm. you know how things have changed. Massively. <laughs> yeah, or not. Usually. <laughs> Are there any particular platforms? I mean, we have discussed, obviously, your website this morning prior to recording. We've discussed Google Ads a little bit of social media. Are there any sort of particular channels or platforms that actually you found more successful than others? I think they're successful in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you've, you know, I think LinkedIn's become a professional network, yeah. you know, where a certain size of business, a certain type of business, a certain type of business is done on there. Um, so having a presence in a different way there compared to where you are, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. yeah. And Instagram, I actually feel like I'm getting old though, because even <laughs> I'm, TikTok, surprised, just... I'm surprised you even know all these, Paul. <laughs> Thanks, Laura. You were telling about the earlier, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I think it's hard to keep up sometimes. Oh, yeah, it all is, yeah. things going on. And yeah. The trends, I think the one thing we do know is the trends are moving so fast, so yeah. quick. Trying to keep up with that is a job in itself. Yeah. It is, yeah. Um, and it's amazing. It's become an industry that probably wasn't an industry or yeah. it's mm -hmm. certainly dynamic mm -hmm. in an industry now than what it was. So, yeah, I, you know, I think they've all been successful in their own little way. Yeah. Um, sometimes, though, like all marketing, it's very hard sometimes to really value that return on yeah. investment or what yes. it has done. Yeah. yeah. What I would say is that, you know, 
we're still here 20 years later, still growing as a business, yeah. still adding more clients. So there's on. some success. People are finding us. Yeah. Um, and I believe that you've got to be present on these things Absolutely. and with the I website mean, to, mm, to grow. As a marketing company, obviously, we always say that we're quite open and honest in the sense of marketing does one part of the job. Yeah. It is such a an amalgamation of everything that you're doing. Like, your work in the community. I mean, you've got a great business network. You're being out, you're doing guest speaking, you know, the, the, the press releases and that that are done, the branding that goes into it. Yeah. It's it's everything. It's obviously the people that work for you that are that are shouting about your company and talking to other people. Mm. It isn't just one thing that makes it successful. And what you've obviously and clearly done over the 20 years is done everything really quite well. Just um, back to your comment about me, Jack of all trades, yeah. Master not. <laughs> but it is you've 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 clearly done it. Mm. All the little bits that have that, that have come together. Yeah. yeah, I mean to to have the broader picture and then the bigger picture sort of view and 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 how this all maps yeah. in. Yeah. Um. Yeah, is critical for the success of any organisation. I believe so. You know, certainly trying to think of what the next thing is and and being one step ahead. Um, <laughs> or, or not getting one step behind because that's sometimes that's, the yeah, case, yeah. you know, and catching up, you know, it's having that awareness about what's everyone else doing, who's the market yeah. leaders, and having that brand awareness. And, you know, when you're out, when you're watching TV, when you're looking yeah. on your phone, yeah. on your iPad, mm. or whatever it is these days we yeah. all look at, um, <laughs> you know, in the head, it's always thinking, well, how did they do that? Why are they doing that? Yeah. What's yeah. the value? And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it, product placements and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just find it all fascinating, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. But it's backing it up then with, you know, someone's answer the telephone, someone's come and see you. So yeah. And valuing that, you know, it's not about the sale, it's about actually building that partnership, that Absolutely. relationship. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And become a, that trusted brand and, yeah. that, and that brand that people want to engage with. Yeah. Um, so, you know, where sales has moved away from, you know, want to buy something, it's a case of we want to work with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. how do we want to work with you? It's aligning values, isn't it, and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think, like I said before, something that Baker seemed very, very good at is just putting your money where your mouth is in, in that respect. But you mentioned briefly there, sort of like being one step ahead. What is the next chapter for Baker's going forward? Um... Well, obviously, I can't tell you, because then... I'm If you tell me, you've got to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I think, for us... I think the rebrand was critical last year. Yeah. It's probably two or three years behind where we wanted to be and now right. bringing that up to speed. Um, I think for us, you know, it's growing the business organically, acquisitionally. Um, it's growing our, our presence on our vehicles and our wheels. Um, it's offering a national service um, and it's then sort of delivering on our resources, turning material into, turn it into a material, into a resource. Yeah. Um, so some of that journey we've started with um, looking at plastics and regranulation, shredding and granulation. Yeah, okay. um, we've got the customer base. You know, we want to grow that, but we've got a good customer base. We've got all the different types of materials. So it's growing the business in that way, but it's developing our social value, mm -hmm. environmental impact, and growing that side of it in conjunction with our business um, and, and offering all the variety of services that we do offer <laughs> and trying to ensure that our message is getting across Absolutely. in the right way, which yeah. I'm sure will need your help. Well, <laughs> yeah, we will try. Yes. And do you have any personal goals for the next 12 months? 
Ferrari, <laughs> Maldives. <laughs> are you a material kind of guy or are you a memories kind of guy? How I, how do you operate? I've crashed up on the car to have the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that bus said, is pretty that, amazing, to yeah. be fair. Not everyone says, not everyone says the car. What, what's what's the bus called, Paul? Just so people know. Eventful bars and events is the company yeah, we've Anybody set go up. and check that out. The bus is awesome. You know, that, that bus um, was something that, you know, we, I looked at it and I thought, you know, um, the wife sent me to buy a telephone box and I came back with a London bus, <laughs> <laughs> as the story is. Um, How does that even happen? <laughs> I still didn't buy the telephone box, by the way. Um I mean, I understand going to the shop for bread and coming out with butter, but yeah. a telephone for a bus. I know. They're both red. <laughs> They're both red. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, that, that's genuinely how it happened. Um, but, you know, for me, it's about growing as a person, yeah. um, about understanding yourself, about adding value to others. Um, in terms of where we want to be, we, I just, I'd really like bakers and, and the other businesses to be you know, established, growing, you know, adding value to people, listening and understanding and, um, you know, adding value back to our people um, and, and sort of growing my team. You know, I mm -hmm. think, um, you know, nothing, nothing too amazing like a Ferrari. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, no. it's not doing it for me. And no. I'm genuinely not that too mm. fussed about the holiday. I like working. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we've got lots of projects on the go, Brilliant. you know. It's uh, lots of things are going on, and uh, I've probably got more personal goals than I think. But yeah, yeah. to actually yeah, sit here and yeah. go, this is the one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get that. But yeah, no, Real. all good fun. So, unless there's anything that you want to add, Laura? No, nothing. No? I'm going to start grilling you. Yeah, Paul, the first a time you've not had anything to say, Laura. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah. You normally come up with more questions. I know well, we've got some questions, but these are a little bit more fun and lighthearted and get to know you as a person a little bit more now. Paul. These are what we call questionable questions. Questionable questions. So if you could go to the pub with three people dead or alive, who would they be? Word. I've always... Definitely answer it, then, don't you? <laughs> um, Who would you like to have a beer with? Do you know, I'd really like, there's some really inspirational people you'd really like to get into the head of and understand yeah. and be with. Um, you know, that Nelson Mandela, how he came through all that adversity, mm -hmm. um, you know, would be absolutely amazing to sit down and have a, a beer with him um, to actually understand it and just how he coped with all of that. You know, on, on the flip side of that, you, you know, you, got someone like richard branson who's been an inspiration as yeah. i was growing up in yeah. business um but then you've got the, the real peculiar sort of people like piers morgan that you know you've so opinionated. Paul's, Paul's table in the pub we've got nelson mandela <laughs> piers morgan and richard branson that would be that a conversation be an and a half. But, yeah but i'm sure there's some sporting heroes that you know you'd sure. really want yeah. to um sit down with and, and, yeah. and mix it all up yeah um you know i think it could be a whole wide range of people. It would fill a pub, I think. Oh, definitely. <laughs> fill the bus. Time yeah, to buy a pub then, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I'll get the, get Who does the, he remind watch you of? this space. Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Constantly I'll, looking for the next, next the next thing. The next. I think you've always got to challenge yourself, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. the bus is a great a stepping stone. But, yeah. you know, I, I, you know I, I, it's weird, isn't it? Because that's not a, 
I'm sure if I had more time to reflect yeah. and think, yeah. I would yeah. I'd give you three amazing people, <laughs> different answers. But no, there's some really fascinating people out there. We'll, that we'll go with like them ones. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with what them. superpower do you wish you had? <sighs> to be invisible. What would be the first thing you'd do? <laughs> that is questionable. Invisible. I know, love. <laughs> I know where her mind went straight no, away. Absolutely not. Unbelievable. Um, People I work with, Paul, honestly. I know. I don't know how you do it. I, I just, I think you'd like to be a fly on the wall in many situations or many places, you know, yeah. just yeah. to, whether that be in meetings or, or, or you yeah. know, you could actually go and spend some time with these mm. people that are your, uh, that you admire or you look I think if you listened into a lot of people's conversations... You'd learn a lot and be able to yeah. implement a lot, wouldn't you? It's... Well, it, it's getting that authenticity from those people in, in mm. a real environment. Because mm. sometimes you get a TV persona, but you actually sure. really want to know that sure. that person behind that, don't you? Um, so you'd actually get to access that and, and understand it. And, you know, we all want to learn and, and yeah, that we're yeah. part of our learning to how people handle things. Mine is things. huge. I usually go to the invisibility. Mm. I like to be invisible. Would you? Yeah. What would, what would be the first I'm thing I'm not you answering do? that question. <laughs> <laughs> why just, not I don't know probably haunt a couple of people just play a few play a few tricks oh, and that on evil. people oh, yeah oh, oh, colours are coming out I know. I know it's, play a few uh, tricks on people it'd be funny wouldn't it mm, mm. yeah it'd be a bit fun move things around and they didn't realise yeah. yeah. you know, and I think yeah. they're going mad make yeah. them go crazy yeah. not very nice is it Laura? probably not <laughs> <laughs> you're learning who I am now Paul <laughs> What's the most boring activity that you wish you could avoid? Don't know why I said that was so much gusto and avoid. Oh, putting the bins out. That's my <laughs> job, the irony. isn't it? <laughs> that's my job, isn't it? Um, what's the most boring activity? Just, uh, there's a... I should have looked at these questions, shouldn't I? Do you, know what? Do you know what mine is? And what? it might be strange coming from a woman, but putting makeup on. Mm. It's honestly one of the most tedious things. Take me you... out as I hate. <laughs> but yeah, that's probably one of the things that I if I had the choice to avoid. It but might most... be the same for you, Paul. You might not like putting mm. makeup on. <laughs> but... Only at weekends. Um, I think the most boring thing, travelling. Mm. Oh, I get that. Yeah, I yeah. hate travelling these yeah. days. Yeah. That's if I could. What well, probably my superpower should have been to transport me at high speed and yes. get somewhere. Yeah, teleportation. Um, you know, but it's the one thing that I hate driving these days, other than my yeah. bus. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, hate driving. Yeah, I love I love driving, but I hate the roads. That's just yeah. the UK roads for me. Just yeah, must be getting old. Yeah, <laughs> no comment. I'm to agree. No comment. Uh, you said that you really liked honesty. You valued that. So. <laughs> uh, we'll give you one final one. If you could swap lives with one person for a week, who would that be? I've got a whole long list here, haven't I? <laughs> you know, I'd like to be Prime Minister for a week. Oh, that's a good Ooh, one. Yeah, that is good. I like that. Because I'd really like to what, win so some of those What, so with Rishi change. Sunak or Boris yeah. Johnson? Or... Let's not go with Boris. It's probably <laughs> not a good look. But I think, you know, I'd love to, you know, you'd get in that position to be able to make some decisions. Do you think you'd be a good Prime Minister? Well, I don't think there'd be many following me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I get many votes. What would be the first, like... What would be the first thing you said that you'd was change? The last question. Well, I've decided You've opened that yourself up now. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Prime uh, Minister's questions now. The environmental mm -hmm. policy, wouldn't it? Taxation. That's a yeah. good yeah. answer, yeah. that. Yeah. 
um you know i think you know we need to this country needs to get going and um you know we do feel like we spend too long deliberating mm -hmm. pontificating oh, about mm -hmm. things we need to make some decisions back them and get on with it and yeah. um I, I you know it'd be nice to be able to try and help them along those ways <laughs> you know come on make a decision yeah. and let's deal with it and um you know not all decisions are good but at least one's been made and we can yeah. then crack on um but that would be my view so we don't normally do this and he might not have a question for us but mm -hmm. have you got any question that you'd like to put to us for us to answer where do you see altitude in the next five years oh that's a question directly at me it so is such though um in the next five years so we've got big growth plans um sustainable growth plans one thing for me is a bit like you is i just want to make sure that we're making a difference to our employees lives i want them to come along on the journey with us and for them to be feeling a part of the business um we've got we want to move into different areas there's a lot of things that we want to do watch this space for all of that but five years, five years is quite a long period of time, I think. Yeah. We're more looking at sort of a year and three years. Um, but yeah, obviously a couple of kind of offices in different places, different services, um, having a great team culture. That's really important to us and make sure that we're known for delivering results. I noticed yeah. you didn't say working with us in any of that. Well, that goes without that saying. Was, that was... I <laughs> Get me home back. <laughs> um, one other question, though. Go for it. Who would you like on the podcast? Who would be your real person? To... Oh, do you know what? That's a great question. Mm. Who would you love to interview? Yeah, who would you love to get on the podcast? To chat to. That's a difficult one. I know what Tom would say. I know what Tom would say, and I'll Stephen answer it Bartlett. on his behalf. Yeah. Stephen Bartlett. He would love to talk mm -hmm. to Stephen Bartlett. On his podcast or yours? Both. Well, we'd love him on this <laughs> podcast. We'd love it on this one. You know, mine's going to be completely different to yours, Go though, because mine isn't going to be business. Mine's going to okay. be John Bonham. And you two are going to look at me empty. He was he's, a drummer for Led Zeppelin. I was about Zeppelin. to say he's a, he's a musician. Yeah, so he was Led Zeppelin's drummer. Yeah. But for me, a massive, massive inspiration. Not just musically, but just how he was, family, hmm. values, and he was lost yeah. far too soon. So for me, that would have been... Yeah, if he was still alive, I'd love him on. Yeah, Karen Brady. Interesting. She's always been, yeah, yeah, she's always been somebody kind of uh, kind of followed her journey and things. And I think as, because I'm also a huge football fan, I think looking at her progressing through to kind of West Ham and things like that, she's always just been a bit of an inspiration for me. I've but got one yeah, that's alive. I'd, I'd love to have a chat with Karen Brady. Yeah, The Apprentice. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds. He'd be hilarious. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. because his marketing alone is phenomenal. But him as a person, I'd love to talk to him. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm quite amazed by his journey. Mm. Wrexham, is it? Yeah, uh, yeah, He's done yeah. a fantastic job. And yeah. He interviewed really well on the podcast. He, he interviews really well just ev ev with everything he does. I, I love his product placement, though, of everything. Have you ever watched one of his films? There's aviation gin somewhere, but it's never subtle. <laughs> <laughs> it's always front and centre. Hey. Good question, that. Yeah, it was. It was. Thank you. There's something going on in there. You know. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> It's been no. lovely having you on, Paul. Thank you so much for jo uh, joining us. I think, us. Um, Bakers, for me, you are, you say what you's, you're going to do. Yeah. And I think you stick to that promise. And it's um, it's it's refreshing to see. Mm -hmm. It'd be good to get you back on in a year to see where you are. Yeah, no problem. No, thanks for the uh, thanks for inviting me along. I've really enjoyed it. Good. And, uh, you know, really enjoyed working with yourselves. And uh, this has been good fun. So, brilliant. 
Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Cheers.